Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. I am Ross Bolin, here with my buddy Barrett Dudley to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs. Barrett, what's good, playboy? Oh, man, Ross. You know, honestly, I I was watching this most recent episode of Succession and like at least four different times. I was like, oh, my God, that that is going to make such a good intro line for me to riff on. Yeah. And like, you You know, spin into my into my own thing that there ended up being so many of them that after the episode was over, I couldn't remember any of them. It was like walking out of a of like a really good stand up set. And yeah. you're like, oh my god, that remember, was so funny. Like, yeah, trying to think of a bit that you really like. But then you can't remember any of the jokes because, what was your it, was, favorite because bit? it was nonstop laughs. Yes. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I it, feel look, like I had something good, and that now I just don't. So. Here's the thing. Real talk, if you had picked one, it likely would have been a depressing start to the show. <laughs> there wasn't much, like, even the funny stuff in this episode was like, Oh, goodness gracious. Everything is falling. One of them was definitely whatever Roman says he had to eat last time at his mom's house. Where he was like, six fish and you fill up on mustard or something. (laughs) (laughs) That just sounds like British food to me, though. Like, that's exactly what I think that people in the UK eat. So, uh, if you're in the, by the way, if you're listening and you're in the UK and you don't know this, Americans are, are a stereotype of you people is that you have awful food. For some reason. Well, I mean, we saw it on the show today. We I did. mean, on the show on Sunday. How disappointed were they? When she's, it's, what did she say? She's like, it's not a ribeye or a fucking filet mignon yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. steak frites or whatever she said. It's, yeah, yeah. And I was dying because like, that's exactly what I would have been thinking. If mm. I was ever in a position where I was as mm. wealthy as the Roy's, that's all you eat ever again. Just steak frites. Is steak frites, yeah. like filet mignon and, right. and, and some fucking and some frites. delicious fries. Delicious crispy fries. Yeah. Uh, smaller and more thin than the poor people can afford to make them. That's <laughs> like a, how it goes. Like a shoestring, like some shoestring potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't make you feel as guilty because mm, they're mm-hmm, so small, mm-hmm. babe. You can have a million of them. I know exactly what you're talking and it about. And really, in the end, it adds up to like nine potatoes. <laughs> like you've just eaten nine potatoes. It's the same problem I have at Mexican restaurants where you're eating chips, but really, four chips equals a tortilla. Yeah, isn't that wild to think about how many tortillas you down? By the end, while you've eating had twenty six tortillas. Yeah, yeah. It's and then good. I get enchiladas, which is which is a tortilla filled with cheese. Going out to eat at the Mexican restaurant with you is fun because you also get cheese enchiladas. Yes. So you get queso to start. It's all the where, same food and different where, versions. Whereupon you dip tortillas into cheese, and then you order more tortillas with cheese. <laughs> it's just a different <laughs> version of the exact same. Food yeah, yeah. that I eat for like an hour and a half, and then I go home and just blow up the toilet, and that's. I mean, life. you'd think that with all that cheese, though, you wouldn't be blowing up that the I'd toilet. Be, that I'd be yeah, constipated. Yeah. But no, my body over years and years of this kind of mistreatment has learned how to handle uh, that type uh, of cheese. Well, that's take. good. That's good. A that's lesser, good. weaker man would have become lactose intolerant long ago. Gotcha. But not I. Not I. We have another fun one today, folks. Uh, We're obviously going to be continuing our coverage of Succession. We're going to relive episode seven of season two. We're also going to continue coverage of The Boys season one by hitting episodes two and three. And before all that, we're going to talk Emmys. But first, this episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa. I would argue that your mattress is up there with your television in terms of important purchases that you make for your home, wherever you live, your apartment, your house, whatever. You have to ask yourself, is my mattress kind of shitty? Do you even remember where you got that thing? Do you wake up every morning feeling like you've won the lottery because your mattress is so damn comfortable? Because I do. 
on my hybrid by Lisa, and it's time for you to join me. Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you, and to Lisa, a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary that you actually want to spend time in. As I said, I have their hybrid. It's their most advanced luxury hybrid mattress made with premium foams and springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge-to-edge support. Barrett has the same bed as well. Both of us have been incredibly happy with our hybrids by Lisa for, I've had it for like like a couple years now. And as I like to say, most comfortable bed I have ever laid eyes or body on. Uh, If you needed a recommendation, the hybrid, I don't believe that you can beat it. I do not believe it. Lisa believes, on the other hand, that all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation, and as such, they make it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. They donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in co- uh, causes like foster care prevention, and to date, they've donated more than 33,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA, in-home delivery, and setup is available. Financing is also available. Do not miss out. Clam fam, live healthier, live happier by resting deeper. Order today and get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. Use the promo code dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Promo code dragon. And you'll get 15% off any mattress. Barrett, what do we have going on this month on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles? Well, I think we have two things pretty much locked in to the October Patreon content offering. There are two things that are, we've written them down in pen on the uh, the old calendar. Mm-hmm. And that is Movie Club Joker. Yes. And uh, we will also take a Patreon episode to discuss season two of Fleabag. So that the people don't come burn our houses down. That's, yes. People yes. are yelling, when is the season? Because I think a lot of people that we got into the show crushed season one and we're like, all right, let's go. And we were and like, we took and a now you're going to wait. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, that's just because we were we were prudently waiting for it to, uh, you know, just dominate sure. the Emmys. Oh, sure. Which it did, which it just did. We're very wise. And now everybody's really salivating. Oh, yeah. Now a bunch of you guys that hadn't even heard about it, now it's on your radar. And now you're like, okay. Oh, now, well, now, now you, I have to now I have to see what's going on with this. Yeah, now you want some of this Phoebe Waller bridge in your now, life, don't you? Yes, exactly. And yeah. I just cannot I cannot express enough. If if you if you've already listened to our Patreon episode, which came out last night, then you've heard me say this type of thing already. But the 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 level at which Fleabag has infiltrated the culture and the people that are talking about it and the people that like it, it it's just, it's otherworldly. It's, it's a, it is a small indie crude, you know, comedy. It's yeah. dark and depressing, but hilarious. Female driven. And we, we really liked season one and apparently season two just like takes it to an entirely. Which I can't wait to see how. Different level. Yeah. That's a whole nother level. Yeah, I cannot wait because season one, like I was almost hesitant. Like I loved season one so much. And then I, I felt like when I was getting stoked on it, people were like, hey, chill out, bro. Like it's not even that good compared to season two. Yeah. Like yeah. season two is that <laughs> yeah. good that they're yeah. like, what's wrong? You haven't even seen the second season yet? Yeah. You that's what I, that's how I felt this whole time. Yeah. So, so I'm looking so, forward to not feeling so that now, way. Now, now we've just, we've let it reached. We have let the show reach its crest. Percolated. And uh, and now we will be covering it in it the coming month. Now it's time to eat. Yes, but other stuff that you can expect from our our October content offering in general. Again, we've not 
nailed this down, but we'll definitely be talking about Watchmen oh, debuting yeah. on HBO HBO's Watchmen October. starting up. Um, we'll definitely be finishing Succession. We will definitely be finishing The Righteous Gemstones. Cannot wait to finish The Righteous Gemstones. Uh, we will, has gotten completely we will, out of control. We will watch and talk about El Camino, which no is coming out on, on Netflix. No, Sifur. <laughs> El Camino, yes. Uh, very stu- I, I'm... I'm uh, I'm in. I'm in the most cautiously optimistic yeah. state I've ever been about anything ever. So we've got. A, we, I mean, there's a ton of stuff about to bust in October, and, you know and what's then like beautiful other stuff that's that that we might just. I don't even know if we'll have a minute to touch on, but I'm watching Glow right now. Mm. Uh, season three. Two? Season three, three. Season three. SNL is coming back on Saturday. The old Big Saturday Mouth Night Live. returns for season four Barrett, in sneaky, October. Sneaky huge, maybe biggest supporter of Saturday Night Live remaining in uh, the United States. That's true. That's true. Much SNL is the show version of my man's Jorah, who I ride for. Yeah, you ride hard. I ride hard for SNL. You yeah. do. You do. And you know what the beauty of Patreon is? If if you're listening right now. And you're like, oh, man, all that stuff about October, that sounds so exciting. I want to be a part of it. I'm going to sign up. That's great. There's a huge secondary benefit, and that's that if you went and signed up right now, just so that you're there already when October comes, when October 1st arrives, you're going to get everything we did in September as well, which includes a deep dive into succession, episodes one through four, which includes uh, our movie club for September was It Chapter Two, which we thoroughly roasted. Uh, The Righteous Gemstones, our first ever conversation about the pilot and kind of getting into the series is also available on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles in September. And then last night, as Barrett mentioned, we did our Mollusk Militia exclusive hotline call extravaganza. So as you'll see there, you have the option to join either the Mollusk Militia or the Crustacean Nation or you can just leave us a tip if you'd like. If you're like, if you don't have time to listen to any more content or something, and you just want to throw us money, we'll take it. Shit. I know that cr- the Crustacean Nation is obviously the more palatable, easier on your on your uh, old wallet tier to join. It is the five dollar tier. It's yes. the five dollar tier. But I just have to say that last night's hotline call extravaganza. Mm. I mean, if you just like hearing us talk about anything and everything, that is that is the episode that you need. I think we touched on like at least ten different topics last night. Yes, we were just all over the map. Yeah, pretty and much everything great. we've watched I, I so far that. this I year. That. Like it was like yeah, we got to get into a little bit of everything. It makes it, it a really thoroughly enjoyable show with a whole bunch of random conversations about a whole bunch of random stuff, driven yes. by uh, everybody in the Mollusk Militia our most loyal and loving supporters who we very much appreciate. But if any of this sounds like something you'd like to be a part of or you just want more OCC, because as you know, right now we are doing one ad-based, regularly scheduled podcast per week that drops every, uh, well, hopefully Wednesday evening. We've been bouncing around a little bit due to some scheduling stuff. But if you want more OCC, the place to get it is patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Barrett, let's, let's talk about the Emmys, man. Let's talk about how, first of all, you watched it. I didn't. I, I watched maybe, it's it's on my it's on my DVR-ish type thing. I have YouTube TV now, so I kind of, I get to record shows or whatever. You don't even know what it's called. I, but, but who, yeah, who knows what it's DVR. called. Because it's not actually a DVR. It's the future. I, I saw bits and pieces of it while it was on. And, you uh, had it going I, in the background. Yeah, but I haven't seen, I haven't actually like watched and seen the whole thing. Now I'm definitely very aware of who, of who won what. Yes, uh, okay, so but you aren't. I guess my first question was going to be like, who was the host and how did that go? And there was no host. Cool. What I noticed while was I was watching, was it going to be Kevin Hart? Was this the Kevin? No, Hart that was the, that was the Oscars. That's something else. Yeah. Now what 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 happened was there was this very 
recognizable voice doing voiceover comedy after people would accept their awards and when the nominations were happening and like in going to commercial break. The shit. And I couldn't recognize that. I couldn't quite place the voice. Later, I learned that it was Thomas Lennon. Who's Thomas who Lennon? Who you might know from Reno 911 when he's New Boot Scootin'. Oh my God. <laughs> Thomas Lennon. New, I'm sorry. New Boot Goofin'. Not New Boot scootin'. Goofin', yeah. New Boot Goofin'. New Boot Goofin'. That move when he runs out of the boot store and, and like kicks it, his heels. It's all, yeah. Uh, that show, Reno 911, sneaky one of the funniest shows oh, ever made. Hilarious. It, yeah. it, like, if you, if you, first of all, the greatest, like, you can absorb it in four minutes if you wanted to. You could watch three minutes of Reno 911, laugh your ass off, and leave. And it's about the same as if you watch the whole episode <laughs> because it's just the same fucking thing every time. But it was just nonstop. I yeah. mean, dude, uh, what's his name? Nick. Uh, Oh my God! He played the. He had the cameo as the gay roller rollerblading guy who would rollerblade oh, up. Schwartzen. Nick Schwartzen, yes. and that fucking yeah. un, un. That was sort of like what launched his career. That yeah, character yeah. in Reno Nine One One. So it's Thomas. Thomas London's been. He's in a bunch of other stuff. For for whatever reason, the the movie that comes to mind is Seventeen again. Yeah. Zach Efron. He's at Night in the Museum. Night at the Museum. Uh, yeah. We're the Millers. You 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 know him. But, yeah, uh, he's done a lot of stuff. But so like, somebody would go up for their award, and while they were walking up, it you know it'd be like. They do the thing. You know how sometimes it's like, this is so-and-so's eighth nomination and third win. Yes. And so instead, he was doing that type of stuff. And he'd be like, oh, this guy, he's been nominated eight times before. Oh, and look, he finally caught a break. It's his fifth win. Like, wow. so he was doing kind of jokey stuff okay. like that. Keeping it a little lighter. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting. They always, they're like still trying to find a, a formula that works for these things. Well, they really are. And I, I don't think that the Emmys or the Oscars and just like SNL, I feel like I'm one of the last people that still cares about this. Yeah. And the Emmys and Oscars are on their last legs for me as well. Yeah. Uh, well, here's just the because it's, they're, they're having a hard time figuring out how to make it relevant for like you and I at this point. Yeah. And, and then also you have to imagine if they're struggling with you and I, then they're really, really struggling yes. with Gen Z and keeping absolutely younger people than us. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's two-sided. It's one in today's culture, sitting down for four hours to watch rich uh, celebrities accept awards with 4,000 commercials in between yeah. is not something we are willing to do. No. We like on demand. We like to get rid of commercials altogether if possible. The other side of it is, uh, people have lost trust in the Hollywood elite. Whoever the fuck these people are making the decisions on the Emmys and the Academy Awards, there's, it's become so political in the nature of who wins. I'm not even talking about the speeches or the mm -hmm. the vibe. That it, it, constantly, you're seeing people get awards that you're like, well, how, how, well, hold on, now wait a minute, how the fuck? And it just, I think that happens so many times over a 30 year period. People get sour on this shit. That, I mean, I think that definitely happens. That that specific problem feels more like an Oscar problem Academy than, an, than an Emmy problem. Okay, but the Emmys have their own set of problems, which and for the most part, that's that's. I mean, first of all, what you said, nobody wants to sit down for four hours now and just watch a bunch of commercials, basically. Yeah, it's a lot, and of have a, an award scattered in here every ten minutes. You know, like right. that's you're not you're not capturing the millennials and the Gen Zers with that shit. No, but. With the Emmys, like TV at this point has been so disrupted by streaming and, and by all of the changes that have occurred over the last decade to decade and a half. They have not figured out how to appropriately deal with this. They have not. Like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, is that really a comedy? Does yeah. it belong in the comedy section? 
That's does the other Barry thing. belong in comedy? A lot of these categories have become very strangely does Amer- confusing. Why does American Horror Story get to be in limited series even though it comes back every season? Yeah. The, like there's so the many of these. have all been yeah, loopholed. Ru- exactly. So all of that, the categorical, sh- the, the categorical shifts, the, the where does this belong and, what, and, and where should it go, uh, the, the season, because shows don't debut in the fall and end in the spring anymore. Yeah, and then like, it's almost like the, the NFL catch thing with, with who wins. Like, nobody really knows how it works or why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how is this fucking selection process even being done? It, it, it's just a very strange thing that has become incredibly disconnected from the center of pop culture. Yeah, and when it's all said and done, they'll just be able to throw award shows onto the the heap of things that millennials killed, I'm sure. Like, yeah, because... or they'll have to find a way to make it streaming like... Th- but whatever the formula, I can't even believe it still existed this year, frankly. The three-hour the three hour mm-hmm. 100 commercial show, right. I can't believe it still exists. That will be gone in the next couple of years. I would expect so. One way or the other. Even I mean, because it's, it's fucking Emmys die. It's, or... a, it's a big dinosaur. It will be hard to kill. So maybe it's not two years, but it's definitely within the next 10. God, I have to imagine. I mean, here's the thing. They sur- Surely they are smart enough to have started to work on solving this problem, right? No, if not, this no. is us recommending That's that the they thing. should. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah. They do not have the right people because in the, charge, the to people lead in charge this. are the people who refuse to that acknowledge comes back change. to the, the 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 politics of this industry. Yeah, the old heads are still trying to drive, you know, trying to steer this ship. Cable television is the future. Yeah, yeah, to so. those guys. Um, but props to props to Bill Hader who did win Best Actor for comedy, and our obviously Game of Thrones took home the uh, the prize trophy, the best drama. Game of Thrones, best drama. Um, were you surprised by that? Were, no. Were you so so? You thought you were pretty confident. Yeah, that, I mean, it's just what, a good. That's what we talked about. Is that they had to give it to Game of Thrones this year as like a, a it was a lifetime achievement. Award. I mean, I'll read you the here. Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Killing Eve, Ozark, Pose, Succession, This Is Us. If you'd given any of those best or outstanding drama over Game of Thrones. After its final season, yeah, that would have felt a little bit. Uh, yeah, insulting. I mean, personally, I would have, I would have given it to Succession, but in a, va- but that's in a vacuum because yeah, the yeah. thing is, I, I'll, I'll place a bet right now that Succession wins this next year. I don't know how. I, at the very least, I'm all in on on Jeremy Strong winning Best Actor or Best whatever the best in the category they can put him in. He will win that award because here's another note. What do, what what do we always talk about with these shows? What does it almost always boil down to when we talk about like the uh, the good shows versus the bad ones? What did Breakfast? we what did we cri- family? What did we criticize Game of Thrones for in the final season? Uh, the speed of the storytelling. It's, it's writing. Yeah, the writing. And uh, Succession won for writing, notably beating Game of Thrones. Yeah, okay. and J- and our boy Jason Bateman won for directing, notably beating Game of Thrones. And that award, I, first of all, have you seen the reaction gif of him? Yeah. Like, it's a, he's like, wow. He like genuinely cannot fucking believe it, it seems. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because I thought you go in knowing. Some people must be like, you know what? I don't want to know. I'm going to let my people handle it and I want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm still confused by that part. I have of it no, too. Idea. Yes, no idea. Anyway, um, I, I can't believe he won an award for directing, though. That's got to, he must be fucking on cloud nine. Yeah, absolutely. Right now. Yeah. Uh, but I, but those those awards those wins for those other shows for Ozark and for sec, for Succession yes feel like that makes it seem even more like they were 
that they gave Game of Thrones best drama as a you deserve this for everything that you did for the industry and for television. Tip of the cap. And yeah. 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 Re- a respect award. Outstanding it's a cur- comedy it's series. A curtain call. Yeah, was uh Fleabag one. But this category was nuts. Barry Fleabag, The Good Place, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Russian Doll, Schlitz Creek, Veep. Like that is That a, is tough. Dude, comedy has come through big yes. in the last couple of years. Yep. Like shouts to funny people. Um Outstanding lead actress Jodie Comer, Comer. I always, I, I can never. She won for Killing Eve. Yes, which I still have not seen any of. I've watched like half a season one, and I really like it, but it fell by the wayside because uh, it, Laura didn't like it. It was too scary for. Her. Oh, okay, yeah. And then uh, the only other huge thing that I remember to talk about was Billy Porter became the first openly gay black man to win an Emmy for outstanding lead actor in a drama series for his work in Pose. Pose, which I have not seen. Which I have not seen either, but uh, obviously anytime we have a landmark achievement like that is incredibly cool. Um, yeah, I mean, who, who, like you said, Jesse Armstrong is the, the writer who won for Succession. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's cool. And he's the, he's the showrunner. He's the guy that you see talking. Good. I like the- acknowledging... The people behind our favorites. In the, in the episode. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Jesse, um, just do a little case study. Go watch Game of Thrones again, all right? Uh, and now when you get to season five, start to pay real close attention <laughs> because shit hit the fan, and we don't want that to happen with you. Whatever they were doing, don't do that <laughs> in six and seven or when you get deep into the end. Um, but yeah, beating D- uh, Benioff and Weiss, uh, which I guess isn't all that surprising based on the reception of the final season. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Peter Dinklage, huge, outstanding supporting actor. Yeah, Dinky, old Dinky. The Dink Man. (laughs) The Dink Man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's all Oh, God. I do miss Game of Thrones, though. This was, did did this feel like the first moment that society was like, we do miss it? Because we've all been angry and butthurt this whole time. Yeah. And 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 I think this finally melted away the frustration and the anger and the hurt. Seeing them all together again, or most of them, yeah. Uh, I think people finally start because I got a lot of tweets like, "Is it time for a rewatch?" And I have not been getting those. The the number of people that are already ready for us to do another full rewatch. My favorite bit has been the one about how because we didn't actually rewatch season seven eight. Yeah. We did not rewatch season no, we didn't eight. watch rewatch eight. Yeah. So to really complete the night's rewatch, we, we have, would have to, to do it. We have to go back and rewatch season eight. Okay. And then I think that just spun it off into like we'll just do the entire rewatch again. Yeah, that spawned <laughs> into well then it really doesn't count unless you do the whole thing again with season eight as the cap. And I was like, Holy shit, are you out of your mind? It's like five hundred hours of television and podcasting committed yeah. Um but no, it did feel for me like the first time that I was I felt proud to be a Game of Thrones fan again, yeah, and I needed yeah. that um, because we all got kicked in the ass with season eight. But. I was also proud of Am- of Amelia Clark, whose heels looked like they were approximately nine inches tall, like absolutely stunning heel. I'd, I've never seen anything like it. Her poor feet. Yeah. Her poor feet. I, I don't know how that was uh, biologically or physically possible. Oof. All right, time to dive into succession. But first, this episode of OCC is also brought to you by Raycon. It's 2019. 2019, if you didn't hear that. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. Maybe you didn't hear it because yours are shit. Before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds started about half 
the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. But the latest model is their best one yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit right there in your ear. Raycon's wireless earbuds are very comfortable, perfect for on-the-go listening, for taking phone calls. These things are cool as shit. Um, before they became a sponsor a few months back, I was living in a world where I thought you had to drop buku bucks to get some decent wireless earbuds, and I was wrong. The Raycon is awesome. They have badass packaging. It's a badass product for a reasonable price. I'm a big fan, and unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems, and you've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop and Cardi B and J.R. Smith are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair, see what the hype is about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash dragon. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash dragon for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash dragon. Now... Jumping in to Succession Season 2, Episode 7. Do we kind of just want to go, like, character by character? I feel like that's become the effective way to address this show. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Episode 7, let's see. Episode 7 was titled... What was it titled? Do you have that written it's down? There's always one damn word. I'm looking it up, though. Well, I'm going to call it Succession, colon, The Rise of Rhea. Return is what it was called, the title. Okay. Yeah. Ah, yes. She rose... Hard and fast. She did, yeah. And uh, so very quickly. I, I, again, again, this is the second time this has happened in like three weeks. I was talking to my mom about the show. Mm-hmm. And she basically, she 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 called it and I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. About Ray weaseling about her way Ray, in? Sort of, yeah. I didn't see it coming. She was like, Ray is going to go try to work for Logan now. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So there were people who started to pick up on the Ray is going to clearly jump ship from Pierce uh-huh. and, and take a run at the Logan uh, at Logan Roy's situation. Yeah, way the fuck before oh. I was. I so was I had nowhere some, near. I had right. somehow ducked all of that so did I. Uh, of that conversation. But so props, props to you guys. You are smarter than me. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't see it coming um, at all. It seemed almost like too obvious. Like Logan wouldn't fall for that. But that's sort of the point, I mm-hmm. think, too. Right? Is that he is in a weakened state more so than we're uh, we're really he's letting on. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, Rhea, wow, the the steps forward she made in this episode alone to end up on the private jet with Logan uh, it would be being like seemingly the only person who has his ear yeah. or whose ear he wants is ve- it's a crazy situation. Yeah, um you know, just to jump right in with the kids who who are obviously going to have this common enemy in Rhea now, right? Yes. Uh yeah. This episode stood out to me, and when I think back on it, what what you know what I think about most is is Kendall. Mm-hmm. Um, they they really teased us there with him like beginning to come out of this dark shell. Last episode, starting was- to find some happiness with uh, with this other uh, addict, Naomi. Yes, you know, having a little Jules Rue thing well, going Naomi, on, maybe Naomi Pierce, <laughs> Jules, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Listen, Rue. You can't be coming around here no more. Um, but it was nice. It was nice, and and I, I I was foolish enough to think to not like realize what was happening, and that he had been dragged to the UK on this on this trip for a little uh, for a little nasty ploy on Logan's part. G- a little, a little. <laughs> 
dude, what the hell? I mean, nobody has ever- Get him back under the thumb. (laughs) My God. He clearly saw that Kendall, he saw what we saw, that Kendall had, it was getting a little too happy. Yes. And, uh- he squished that that light right out. I mean, he smothered that bitch. And it, it was that was that was it was tough to watch, man. It was every time every time we get this like Logan Kendall battle where Logan essentially just squashes him. Mm-hmm. I just I think back to that episode in season one where Kendall is so flustered by his dad that the only thing that he can manage to say to him is like, "You're a fucking beast." Yeah, and it's like th- he is, man. He is a he. This dude is dude. I've Logan spent, is dark. He I've is a spent demon. A lot of time thinking about where this show goes from here, and sort of like how does it get deeper with all the subtext and the and the other things that that it that addresses. Man, there is a gold mine there with with Logan and the uh, trauma he has caused his children. And like for instance, I was thinking about it more, and I think it's Kendall that used to be abused, not Roman necessarily. And Kendall snapping up, he he jumped the way he did, don't fucking hit him, don't put your hands on him or whatever, Mm -hmm. because it was so shocking to see him maybe hit somebody else, um, or to see his dad snap on somebody else maybe, because it just sort of struck me that like, I don't know how much Logan has ever paid attention to Roman. I don't know if he was ever the focus enough to be the abused one. Yeah. And when you look at Kendall and everything with him and how broken he is... It makes a little more sense if maybe he was the main focus of Logan's uh, torment as a child. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's also—I think it's also too early to know exactly it is. what that abuse was like. Was yeah. it just neglect and emotional yeah, we, and or, or verbal or you know? Because we barely gotten a scratch of it there. You know, we've gotten a couple of yelling. We've yeah. gotten a lot of scenes that gave us some like you know the vibe. But really, what he struck Roman one time, yeah, and, and that's the worst thing we've seen, right? And in the the car scene between the two of them, where they, <laughs> where he refuses to, he's like, "Did I even make contact?" Yeah, but it, but that that was kind of tough to read because I didn't get the feeling that it was something that had happened a bunch of times, right? But at the same time, Roman was like very eager to be like, get "Yeah, no, you didn't it. even hit, you didn't even touch me." I think, you know, like it, that, it was, yeah. not, it, you know. It, that, and that's where there was. I was like, okay. And I'm if it not was, sure. a, if it was a total one-off, where it's like, oh my god, he'd be like, yeah, you, yeah, you hit me, you asshole. Or maybe because it was a total from? one-off, he was like, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just right. Gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it also gave us that weird, how senile or like how there is yeah, Logan really? Right. If he's asking, did I even make contact? You know what I mean? It's like, dude, he does such an incredible job as a character of. Showing strength mm-hmm. and force, and and then not really giving us a good idea of how with it he is because these moments where you wonder, wait, what? Like, does he not remember? Yeah. Like, yeah. does he really not remember, or is he truly so deluded in his own mind that he's found a way to get away with shit like that because it's like it never fucking happened? Yeah. People do that too. He he's kind of like an ultimate bad guy in a video game where you like you start to break him down and wound him but he is still so big and strong that when he thrashes around he makes a he like does a lot of damage that's a, a you know weirdly what I mean? incredible <laughs> analogy i don't even like are you on acid right now or something what the <laughs> fuck just happened how did you do that um but that's kind of what that's kind of what those scenes like make me think about where you can definitely see it, it's like you know, every, he's toxic, the, man. The things are not perfectly aligned up in that head of his right, right now. 
Something is off. But he's obviously still extremely powerful. And, you know, in the in the case of this episode where like what he does to Kendall is Dude, I mean, just demented. It's it's sick. He's it's almost like a functioning meth addict or something. Like yeah. he's sick, but he's also keeps rolling. Like it's it's cra- I mean, okay, so Kendall starts the episode off trying to uh, Naomi's chanting dick pic at yeah. him, mm-hmm. demanding a dick pic. And it's a it serves as a reminder of that spark that we got last week where we all got a little excited. Kendall's starting to make moves. Kendall might have had his shit together this whole time. Kendall might be fine. And then the episode unfolds. And Logan Roy snuffs out that little bit of dick pic joy that he had uh, at the beginning. And I thought this was one of I, it was one of the hardest episodes of of maybe of TV I've ever watched. Like and I loved it. It was one of my favorite episodes of Succession. And for a lot of people, this was not one of their favorites. This was one of their least favorites mm. um, because it was just brutal. And it was mostly showing you how just how fucked up this family is. Um, with the trip to the UK, spending time with the mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The dad just... I mean, Roman makes a joke about when Logan says, whatever you can keep knocked off this price to your mom, mm-hmm. we'll split. And, and Roman makes a joke about, oh, yeah, that'll pay for the, the therapy that this situation <laughs> causes me to need. And if you think about the amount of times that Kendall and, and, and Roman and Shiv have been used and uh, as, as pawns by their parents, it is not in any way surprising that these people are as fucked up as they are. Yeah, yeah. We got another... Yeah, we, we, we put another piece it kind of in the puzzle to uh, with this episode with the mom stuff mm-hmm. because it's like now we got to see that they were kind of, they kind of got this from both sides. She ain't great either. Yeah, she's kind of a bitch. Like, Real cool. Well, and 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 I'm sure that we were, you know, we don't have that full story of their marriage. What happened? Right. What happened? How it all fell but out? Does it really but, matter? Uh, no, but but my where I was going with that is to say that typically kids like. I don't know what the percentage is, but mm. a majority of the time kids stay with their mom. Right. And they didn't. Yeah. And I don't know if that was because they wanted to like, maybe, maybe she, she's obviously British. So maybe she moved back to the UK and they wanted to stay in the US. Maybe right. it was as simple as that. I think we don't know how old they were when this happened, but it's just right. like, it's just another piece of the story that, that, that helps you do all the the math here. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, Where it's the... like, mom didn't even want to listen to Kendall clearly needs help who clearly needs to like get something her outright refusing to be there for her son was again brutal yeah is the only word that i can that i can really think of i mean it was yeah dude the fact that she was uh why does she even want christmas i I, well and you know now we got to ask what how this is this goes both ways communication is a two-way street right the only reason that they're even there is to butter her up for Kendall. Like they're not putting in work or time either. So maybe like it, it, they didn't build that relationship. Therefore, she doesn't feel comfortable enough with them to hear something awful. You know what I mean? I think like like you, you you're speaking to her refusal to sit down and talk to him. Yeah, I'm just talking about like like everything that that specific scene kind of conjures up. What what it makes you think about. Firstly, is obviously is obviously that emotion was like like how can a mom do this right? Why what, what why type? is the question you should be asking? You why know? would she not be there for him? And why would she choose? And you, you right? And you know you you think about how cold that is and how hurtful that has to be for Kendall who 
desperately like wants to tell somebody what he's going through. Yes, he needs has, someone to, and and has nobody, nobody to be there for him. His, the only person he has is Logan, who and so is I'm not healthy. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about it from all angles. Like, well, how did they get to that point? Because they have obviously not been like giving mom a lot of time either. Mm-hmm. And 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 in the first half of the episode, she's a pretty sympathetic character with her kids only there to to on behalf of Kendall to give her money on so behalf that, of Logan on behalf of sorry on behalf of Logan to give her money so that she doesn't vote with the so that they don't the opposing investors the yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and then it becomes a battle so of like, like they don't care about her either really no and she knows that and points it out so and it's it's a really fucked up situation um yeah her not being there for Kendall absolutely gut-wrenching terrible brutal Roman and Shiv's negotiations with her were both funny and heartbreaking. Yeah. Um. Because nobody should have to do uh, to do that. I mean, but but yeah, man. That before this episode, the image I had of Caroline, their mother, was basically that. You know, I didn't. We didn't know much that she had been probably wronged by Logan, right? I just assumed that she was probably just sort of like this woman who got caught in the wake of Logan's shit, and. It turns out no, she's she's not great in terms of her morals and values. She'll take either the hundred and fifty million dollar Hamptons house or twenty million and every Christmas with the kids. And Logan, on the flip side, is so sick that he wants the house and not the time with his children at Christmas. <laughs> I, I I did that that was a nice that was just a nice wrinkle in the story, a nice piece of writing. I liked the decision that she forced upon him. To, the default, because the it kind of was tell your children you don't care about ex- them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he said, which, okay. Which was a pretty, you know, as far as uh, fighting parents go, it was a was a good move. Oh, hell yeah. That you know, was a, not that any of this is healthy, but it's not healthy. But good move. Strategy wise, though, very sound. Yes, very sound. I also have to say that, and I, I, I didn't go and, 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 look any of this stuff up, although I will in the future, but my jaw kind of hit the floor with the $150 million number on the Hamptons house. I guess Ooh. that's, I guess it's not surprising when I think about it, but like, I think about some of the people that we either know or it are adjacent to with like similar looking estates in Texas, uh-huh. whether in Houston or Dallas. Uh-huh. And like, typically we know about those kind of going up on the market for anywhere between 50 and 75 million. So I guess you take that type of compound put and it stay, in that real estate. put it in the Hamptons yeah. on the ocean and the price doubles. Well, the like thing that, that's not, it's not crazy. It's just wild to think about. But if you go look at like, dude, the, the nicest houses I've ever been in or near and you look at the price tag on them, like, dude, to get up above like 10 million on a house you're 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 getting in crazy town, right? Yes. You're, you're in a yes. you're in a fucking castle at that point, yes. and people do it, <laughs> and it's a lot. A lot of the time, it is due to real estate. So, like houses on the beach in San Diego, they're right. twenty million. Yeah, those are sick because they're on the beach in San Diego, yeah, yeah. and they're nice as fuck. To get to one hundred and fifty <laughs> million, I didn't think that was a thing that was even possible. And to your point. I think this would have to be the wealthiest people in the Hamptons. Like the 1% of the 1%. I think so. There is no fucking way yeah. most of the houses in the Hamptons cost that kind of money. Yeah. Um, because the houses anywhere don't. Like that. $150 million is more than like most companies make in the course of their existence. <laughs> and they have a house that amount. Um, yeah, so it, that, was, that was something. 
Yeah, uh, so let's talk about, where's Shiv at? So Shiv, man, all over the place and uh, chasing dad around and really just doing everything she can to continue shooting herself in the foot. And she gets worked by Rhea. As far as uh, potentially still keeping her spot as successor goes. Yeah, so Rhea gets, convinces her to- But she gets got by Rhea, as we like to say. And man, I'll tell you- Here at uh, Oystar Clams Co. I, Oystar I, Clam Co. Indeed. I felt stupid- and, like, I've been hating on Shiv so much for all these missteps. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see Rhea setting her up there. I was like, you should put your hat in the ring for the Pierce job, Shiv. You should totally do that. I was hook, line, and sinker. And then the second she did it, I was like, oh, 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 no. Yeah. Genius move by Rhea there. Totally. Uh, gotta like that play. She she is a uh, she's a good strategist. Yes, yeah, she is. Now, she's good at the strategy. The thing I have trouble buying with this episode is that that move would result in her sitting next to Logan on the PJ. And that it would put him put her squarely in his ear considering here's the part that doesn't make sense. She failed. Right? She failed to make the Pierce deal happen. Now, anybody else in his life fails, they're fuck off. For whatever reason, he's embracing this woman, pulling her closer to his bosom. Makes no fucking sense. Well, it's because he's not all there. Well, no. And she's working him. It's because he wants the uh, the, pu the punani. The punani. The punani. Okay, so you believe he's being clouded even I think further. that his judgment is I think that the reason is be that he, he is her. overlooking that is because he likes her. Clearly he does. And clearly he does. Yes, he's very taken with her, um, which I believe will start to come into play with Marsha, his actual wife. Yeah. So, so, so upon... So upon so so she's on the PJ over to you the UK mm -hmm. because this is his new his 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 new interest. Got it. Whether he's fully there like romantically yet or not, he likes her. And subconsciously, no matter whether he's able to even fucking face this, that is the reason that she's there. He yeah. likes her. He enjoys her. He likes her. He asks her, "You want to spend the night?" Right. And she's like, "Wow, oh wow, didn't see that coming." And if any and if anything. Knowing what we know about Logan, I imagine that he puts more, far more of the blame, like on his own kids for botching the Pierce deal, than he does on Rhea. That's so funny, and it's so similar to a situation that I remember and cannot call out. But <laughs> I'll just say sometimes people misplace blame, yeah, and or are incapable of seeing when things are uh, who whose fault, who should be being blamed. Like for people will blame their employees. When it's an outside force that should be blamed. Mm -hmm. Like people just, people will find ways to get, they have their people that are scapegoats for them, in this case the kids, and that's who takes the blame for everything, no matter what, and no matter what goes wrong. And that might be the case with him. Maybe it's his children are always the scapegoats and the people around him not so much, and Rhea slipped in there as a result. Yeah, and she's just, she's executing this to perfection. She's she's dangling the, uh, the, the, the carrot in front of his face, probably a little bit sexually and now she's just taking care of a major issue for him by getting Shiv off of his back about the whole thing about the whole yes. succession deal that, what a what a sly move and so now she is right there and sitting on his shoulder whispering into his ear yeah the, the second uh, if you were unclear on Rhea's sinister intentions the second that she's like and Roman might actually be a good choice not now but <laughs> down the road you're like Bitch, what? No, what? She didn't mean that. She's only playing for herself. Yes. And um, there, there is uh, little to no question that she will end up on the top of that shortlist 
Oh, yeah. After she goes and, and vets some outside candidates. Yeah. Oh, and then you know, comes back with, with well, all this person this. has this and this person has this. And she'll do the whole Inception thing. We've all seen this happen. Exactly. Oh, where, yeah. where where she, you know, plants that seed and clear and becomes the clear option. Obvious choice. Uh, the obvious choice to yeah. be to be the successor here. Let's talk about Tom and, and Greg a little bit, our, our, our boys. Old uh, Tom and Greg. Whew, Tom has a rough one. Tom is Tom is in the thick of it. Tom is, sl- I think, now starting to realize just how fooked he may be. And as a result, he wants to get rid of the evidence that Greg has. It's like a, it's so funny, their buddy-buddy dynamic of like, Greg, I respect what you've done here, but I need those papers. And then Greg never fully giving him like what he wants. And even then when they do burn them, and Greg is clearly wearing a fucking wire and recording the conversation and setting Tom up, and Tom is too frazzled to even notice how bad of a snitch Greg is. He's like, here we are, burning the evidence, doing the illegal thing. Huh, Tom, having fun together, committing crimes. Like, he couldn't be more obvious, and Tom doesn't notice because he's so freaked out by yeah. what might have landed on his doorstep here um, and not even landed. He was put there to catch this fucking shitstorm. And I think what will be interesting is how much does Schiff know? How how like, how like blatantly did she fuck Tom here? Mm-hmm. Because she's the one who put him there, right? Right. right. Um, and now he's having to deal with the fallout and, and handle all these issues that are not good. And, and Tom is... is he is not morally equipped to handle these situations. He is not a morally sound man. He, and he laughs at like the idea of doing something for the right reasons even. And then you've got Greg, who's just trying to weasel his way up the corporate fucking ladder as best he can. He's the, he's the one like bright spot for us now because he's got nothing really going bad for him. He's just, Greg is there, he's, he keeps about his business, and tries to find ways to fuck people up the ladder. That's it. Everybody else is getting fucked actively. Greg is not. Yeah, yeah. It, Greg, Greg. I'm. Uh, Tom is 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 a very. He's just an interesting character to watch because, man, he's in the deep end with no life preserver, basically. In, in all areas of his life, personal and, and yes. professional, which are very closely intertwined. And he 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 you really can see this like dichotomy of like he he wants so badly to be a shark, but he's also kind of not. He's a beta. He's you a know? little bit of a beta. Yeah. So it's uh I I just pointing out funny scenes in this episode because like I said, there were I I, I this was a dark episode and yet I still laughed out loud probably six times. Oh, oh yeah, the many, when he, many funny scenes. When yeah. he gets into the conference room and realizes that it's What's like a happening? serious grilling and then <laughs> they, and then asks to go to the bathroom and they're like, no, 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 we really prefer you to stay. And he's just, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll be right back. And then I'm, he like, I'm gonna be right back. He does, and then he of like course- He throws this hand when he's exiting yeah. the room and you're just like, oh my God, he's not yeah. coming back. And he's not coming back. Um, that was, that was great. And then, I mean, just everything about like Greg in the bathroom tr- testing out his uh, his wire, his phone recording device, yeah, and, like having a panic attack. That, um, man, dude, it's just them burning the shit though. Like some of the lines Tom had was like, like, "Oh Lord of Malfeasance, give us your divine blessing," because he couldn't get the fucking match to light or whatever. And like cousin Greg's like frantically grabbing at a couple of the pieces of paper to put them back in his pocket. I mean, just chaos around these people. Uh... Uh, to close out our succession talk, and, and I don't, unless you have any other further points. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through, go, but go ahead. Go Jeremy, ahead. I just want to say one final time. This was the episode 
definitively for me where I came to respect Jeremy Strong as an actor on like on, on another level. And like to the point where I was like, that's it. I can't take it anymore. Who is this dude? And started like looking into what he's done and shit. And first of all, if you just go look at what Jeremy Strong typically looks like, like his, his, his swag as like a normal dude, like you'll find like a picture of him in a beanie dressed like a normal guy, like mm-hmm. in the fall with some facial hair. Yeah. And you're like, that is an actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he fucking crushes as Kendall. Um, and I mean, like nothing you've ever seen, dude. But yeah, the, to just to just to yeah. piggyback on that, what one of the things that he does, you know, a lot of times we talk about like physical comedy, yeah, like somebody like um, Michael the, Kramer on Seinfeld, yeah, Louis, uh, Michael uh, Michael Richards, Richards. What Why I, am I forgetting his name? He said the N word at one point. He did. Uh, Michael Richards. Yeah. Yes. You're J- Jeremy Strong does physical things with his body in like the opposite manner that I I don't think I've ever seen on screen before. Like he is able to make his shoulders look so narrow and frail. It's like he's a contortionist almost. He's collapsing into himself. But it is, it's phenomenal how he's able to do that, how he's able to show like depression essentially with his body. The depth of pain he is able to convey is insane yeah and it's like it's obviously there's a we clearly get it written on his face in lots of scenes but i think holy crap it's easy to overlook how good he is do he how how well of a job how good of a job he is doing that type of stuff with his physical mannerisms as well absolutely uh i mean it's it's i have been blown away by the like sort of highs and lows of his character this season and the sort of you know he's just being torn about by his dad and just this the blatant torture he put him through, yeah. taking him to the house of the boy he killed or was party to the death of. First of all, could you explain even what the hell that trip was? That was the one part of the episode where I was like, "Wait, what spawned this?" It kind of happened so fast at the beginning, and suddenly Logan's like, "Yeah, I'll go to the house and take care of it." And I'm like, "Wait, are they talking about the dead kid's family?" They are. They are. And then yeah. they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just couldn't get a feel for like. So does the dead kid's family now know that Kendall was involved? No. The dead the dead kid's family is upset at the whole at the situation which Sandy, who owns that UK tabloid rag, right, kind of leaks the story out. Okay. And the story is about how he, he about how Logan like yelled at that guy and possibly I don't think drove. he actually hit him, but he knocks the glasses out of his hand or something, yeah. right? And dro- like drove him to kill himself yeah, or like and, sort and of like, a thing. And was the last like, you know, he was mean, so this waiter left in a huff okay. and was, and was upset. And in 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 this, you know, moment of 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 uh of of having just been bullied, like lost control of the car and goes in in the lake moment of great emotional distress right yeah yes, okay thank you. okay got yeah. it so i did not so he's there to appease the family and apologize for the loss and offer their condolences because and Stewie... confirm that he didn't do anything uh, yes yeah. so aggressive because like stewie gave the tabloids what they needed to play stewie with. and sandy did stewie yeah. and sandy okay yeah. i i had sort of missed that little section yeah. and then just assumed obviously that there was something like that but i it just happened so fast up front um so that was it Unless you've got anything else. Yeah, just uh, two quick notes on Roman. I believe he has a scene with Jerry in this episode where they talk about their potential alliance. Or was that last week? That was last week. Was Yeah. But if, they, now, but, no, 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 because last week was our justice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they, where they start 
talking about that. But okay. there is a scene in this episode where, where they further it. Yes. Where they further it. Where she Jerry it up. encourages like, him to do something. I can't like, remember. Yeah, there what. was talk of us in our yeah, partnership. But there, but there was like a little forward momentum on that. Something to look out for. Uh-huh. And then I did just want to come back to. The scene where we get a true moment of joyous laughter from Logan yeah. was also like I was giggling because Logan giggled and it was not something that I ever thought we would see ever on this. But that that whole back and forth was like almost Sorkin-esque and in the witty back and forth banter yes. with the talk of the money and the fish and the filling up on mustard and the 50 million and the the whole thing. Just a really well executed. It just, it's just such an absurd conversation. Yeah, it's just a well. Yes, yes, and it was uh, well executed. Uh, great episode for me. Uh, also, I know we noted 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 this on the Patreon episode this week, but we have confirmed after much back and forth and confusion that there are ten episodes in this season. So that is a, a positive development. Huge, huge plus. Huge. I was being told nine by many of you, yes. which was very disconcerting. Moving on, this episode of OCC is also brought to you by Truman's, new sponsor. When I'm walking down the cleaning aisle at the grocery store, it feels a lot like a like a like a complicated chemistry lab or something. Like you're surrounded by hundreds of different cleaners for different surfaces and a spectrum of different colors and scents, and it's just kind of a pain in the ass. And I'm sick of it. Like, how do you even pick? And that's why I'm so excited to introduce you to Truman's, the coolest cleaning company on the internet, probably in the entire universe. Truman's is decluttering the cleaning aisle with four non-toxic cleaners for your entire home shipped free to your door. This stuff is incredible. The way it works is super cool. I got my first shipment in last week. I got their starter kit so that I could try all four of those non-toxic cleaners. And this is way, 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 way better than going to the grocery store and having to pick cleaners. And it seriously is also changing the world. To get started, order your Truman starter kit and try all four non-toxic spray cleaners for 45 days risk-free plus free shipping. Truman starter kit comes with four reusable bottles. Four amazing refill cartridges and special deals on their refill plan. You got to look up how these things work. It's super freaking cool. You fill the bottle up. They've got these cartridges you slap in there. It turns into your cleaning solution. Suddenly, you're working with four different all-purpose cleaners. Truman's non-toxic sprays feature an all-purpose kitchen cleaner, a glass and technology cleaner as number two. Number three is an all-purpose bathroom cleaner. And number four... A floor cleaner. All of the cleaning things you work. The floor cleaner, by the way, works on all hard flooring surfaces. By just adding water to Truman's refill cartridges, you'll reuse the same bottles. So you're saving space, plastic, and money. That's why Fast Company honored them as a world-changing idea. Tackle all your home's tough cleaning needs today the smarter way with Truman's. To receive 50% off your Truman's starter kit, visit trumans.com. Enter promo code DRAGON at checkout. That's T-R-U-M-A-N-S.com. Promo code DRAGON for 50% off your starter kit. Truman's, a better cleaning experience. Time to talk about the boys. The boys. The boys. Season one, we watched uh, episodes two and three. We did. This week. Uh, episode two was called Cherry. Episode three was called Get Some. And a uh, lot of... Uh, <laughs> Lot of interesting developments. Yes. Throughout the course of these two episodes, the the final of which I'll just jump to. I finished episode three right before leaving mm. to come to the studio here mm-hmm. today, Barrett. In episode three, we see Translucent or not Translucent. Um, whose girlfriend is it? A Train's girlfriend. A Train's girlfriend. Excuse Who is me. Called Popclaw. Pop Popclaw, the weird version of fe- female Wolverine, Georgie. Uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, she she decides. Female Wolverine. Well, A-Train goes on TV and publicly is like, 
holler at me, ladies, because he's a moron. Yeah. Is somebody going to kill this guy soon? He's the fucking worst. He really is. Just a nigga. He's got to go. So she starts taking his superhero steroid Mm -hmm. and doing like- Squats with like a thousand pounds? For several hours. Where did that barbell come from? No idea. But she just got it right there in the uh, in the third floor apartment. Hey Hope man, that thing she's like Mark the floor. Wahlberg, bro. When she <laughs> travels, she's got a gym that comes with her. If she's in a hotel room, the fucking hotel room is a gym. Um, that video was painful to watch, by the way. Good Lord. Wahlberg dancing with his boys. Yes. One of the- At 4 a.m. in a hotel room that has un- been decked out in workout equipment. Yeah. And because he, because you, you, dude- he made his boys dance for that video. I know. I just can't wait for the story. You know how Johnny Depp like got himself in a major hole partially uh, for many, many reasons. He was living far out of his means, which is weird when you're making like $100 million a year to even think about. But uh, he was spending like $30,000 a month on wine alone. Nicolas Cage has done this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I cannot wait for the story of Mark Wahlberg like blowing his fortune because he was spending you know 100000 a month to have... <laughs> 14,000 pounds of gym equipment follow him around the country. <laughs> Dude, he's in like the presidential suite <laughs> and they've set up a, a, a bench and shit. Like it, that video isn't, if you have not seen this, you don't follow Wahlberg on, on Instagram. I mean, it's like, it, you know how, well, maybe you don't know. You know who Mark Wahlberg is. Imagine his Instagram. That's it. It's exactly what you would think it would be. It's it's outrageous. You have to go watch it. Uh, what, what the fuck? Oh, anyway. <clears throat> The episode ends, and this saga of her shooting up superhero steroid ends uh, with her then sitting on her landlord's face and making him eat her ass um, until the force of her and her claws dug into the ground literally explodes his head. (laughs) And that was the official end of ass-eating season. Yeah, really uh, put the kibosh on that. It stopped it. If anybody was looking for the date that ass-eating season ended, it was the date that episode three of Boys season one aired. That was when it ended uh, because Popclaw made that man's head go pop with her booty. Yeah. And, and now I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> like, first of all, that was disturbing as hell. Um, but they've clearly got an in here, right? They've got Popclaw to now tell them about Compound V. That's what the big, that's like the, the, the storyline is yeah. moving towards this whole compound V. Thing. Right. So the whole question we had was why did A-Train run through our boy's girlfriend? Yeah. And now we know it's he's because high, he, was he was high, high on compound V. On compound yeah. V and out of control. Which is basically making superhero, it's per, performance enhancing drugs for superheroes who are already uh, enhanced. enhanced. So yeah, the, this shit's going to get real wacky. Um, I would like to ask you this, Ross. When did you figure out that Huey and Butcher are putting together the boys? After you, you texted After I me texted you. And okay. you said, I think Huey and, and Butcher, are, and the Butcher are the boys. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, so after episode two, or during episode two, I, te- I think I texted you that. And I was like, oh, the boys are Huey and Butcher. Yeah. And then they add the French dude. And I'm like, and I couldn't tell if French dude was going to be like, staying around or if he was just for that episode i know i thought he was going to be a bounce you know yeah and then butcher goes and he and now he's like getting the band back together yes so now he's getting the guy from the detention center and now we've got four and i guarantee you that there is i don't know if there's going to be one more or if they're just gonna or or if these are our main four now okay i think they're gonna rope in uh annie anna starlight whatever 
Starlight. I think Starlight's going to start playing both sides. Okay. Um, she's going to be the double agent. Right. If you will. Yes. But, um, yeah. I, it, Homelander, you mentioned that you thought he looked like Bradley Cooper. Yes. He, he's got a very, very distinct face. It is Bradley Cooper-esque, but there's something very, dis, just very, uh, I don't know. It's just very unique that's going on with like his mouth and his lips. Yeah. It makes his entire uh, face very punchable. It does make him punchable. He's punchable Bradley Cooper. That's, punchable Bradley Cooper. That is yeah. the yeah. perfect way to describe him. Sorry, sir, but that is what you are. Um, yeah, man. What's the deal with him watching her breast pump through the window or through the wall? Why is he doing that? I, he's got a major issue with this baby for some reason. Is that his baby? Is maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe his baby? that's it. Something's fucked up there. That, that whole situation gives me the heebie-jeebies, you dude. You should, because something's, something is messed up there. He does not like that baby. I really like Frenchie. Yeah. I, I really like this guy. The dude's doing MDMA and LSD and then like <laughs> coming up with and ideas. And doing the, some tech work. He's putting bombs and butts, Barry. Bombs and butts. Some butts in this, in this couple episodes. What other butts did we get? Well, she, the butt eating and the- and, Oh, butt and eating. And the and head then, explosion and, the, and then the butt bomb. Which there was also a butt explosion. The butt- Explosion. Yeah. Well, a whole body explosion. That was gnarly, dude. I do. I appreciate the... Uh, I, I I obviously... I, I think the show's fun. I think it's very good. I it, it's, it's, not, it's fun to see this world that we're so used to being like very PG-13 at its, you know, at its furthest limits. Yes. In the event, you know, in the Avengers movies. World. Yeah. Like we... I, I, I mean, honestly, if it weren't for the adult themes of those movies, they could almost be PG. You know what I mean? For sure. And so it's just like we get some, you know, some punchy violence and like a bunch of dudes punching each other in the face in those. And so they have to be PG-13. But it's nice to see this or it's cool to see this content, this world, like real lifed up where there's blood and guts and people dying. Man. And that sounds weird now that I've said that out loud. Like, yeah. hey, I love it when people die. Yeah. But you know what I mean. No, like, it's absolutely. just the, 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 the adultification, which is what graphic novels were in the first place. They were like to take comics to yes. that adult level. And when Watchmen, I mean, that's why. It's just, it's, it's, it's fresh. It's new because we don't, outside of Watchmen the movie, we really haven't seen a lot of this. I have had n- none of it almost, except for the other, only other one is Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool. Deadpool. That's the only okay. other. I'm an idiot. Of course, but that kind of, that did it. But Before that was the, the first, or the original one. Yeah. And then Deadpool, and then now... Sorry, Deadpool. Sorry, Ryan Reynolds. I know you're listening. I did not mean to, uh, you know, to just forget about you like that. How dare you besmirch I Ryan did. Reynolds' How dare I besmirch bus. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Bus. Barrett just got hit by a bus. Um, just for y'all, y'all's general awareness, I guess, we will be talking more, uh, the boys, I guess, more in depth when we finish season one, I would imagine. I don't want to get into, like, the nitty-gritty of everything that happened in these two episodes, because it is very much like... Still, we're rolling towards like the action and and the big stuff. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but the steam they've picked up and the cleverness in which they've been able to tie things together. For example, super stupid concept that the guy's skin is impenetrable, diamond skin, right? Incredibly fucking cool. Once the full thing comes full circle, and they have to solve how to kill him mm-hmm. with impenetrable skin, and it is by going through his b hole, which is sick, and it results in a nasty explosion. But very clever. Is there, is there something, I, I feel like there has been something before where it was a, based around superheroes that had really silly powers. Hmm. And it was like, it was because, 
I can't remember what I'm thinking of. Uh, you're, you know you're what I'm thinking of. A little you know light. what I'm thinking of. It's a, maybe maybe it's the maybe it's the the actors in Times Square that are like dressed up as superheroes, but because they can't actually be like the licensed Wolverine or Spider Man, they have to be. They do a knockoff. They do like a knockoff version of it. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking about like knockoff versions of superheroes. Yeah. And it's just funny to think about. It's one of those things like we all know all these incredibly famous superheroes and what their powers are. And so to create new ones is like kind of difficult because coming up with other superpowers is not that easy. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not at all. I mean, I like, and, and you know, they basically just said like, okay, well, uh, uh, Homelander, Superman, uh, mm-hmm. and Captain America also at the same time. Uh, but he like, he's seemingly has all of the powers. Yeah, he's got a lot of laser them. eyes, x-ray vision. Well, those two are straight off of Superman, right? Yes, super hearing. He's got all the Superman things really, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um super strength it, it appears. I'm not Deep sure. is just Aquaman, I guess. Kind of? Yeah, like sexual predator Aquaman is what Deep is basically. Our girl is that's a new one. The blinding light of of starlight is not one that I've seen mm-hmm. anywhere else. Maeve uh, is uh, Xena Warrior Princess, maybe, I guess. Maybe a little Storm from X Men. Storm, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. But anyway, no, I, dude, I'm, I am after episode three, which, as I always say, is like the for whatever reason, it's like the golden ticket for me. Yeah. It was that was like a click moment. I did, yeah, and I'll just episode. I'll throw it out there for for any listeners that aren't on the boys yet. Although I, you know, I think it's most of you guys at this point. No boys. Uh, Lara is enjoying it, even though it's kind of bloody and superhero-y. Ooh, that's great. That's so a- that's 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 always a you know it's a positive Ladies. sign. And then uh, I was out at lunch today at like a little you know just a sandwich and soup and salad type place today where where local professionals can sit down for a, a quick meal during their lunch hours. Oh, sounds quaint. And uh, and I heard a somebody in scrubs and a woman that he was with. And then the uh, the French counter lady, all were talking about the boys. Really? Yeah. Wow. So like it was just the boys, the boys. It, it, you know, it, it's it it's permeating. It is permeating the culture, Ross. I like that. That's good. We want it to permeate. The more people that watch it, the more people will want to listen to us talk about watching yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> this episode of OCC, speaking of watching, is also brought to you by Felix Gray. You may not realize it, but the average American blasts their eyes with bright screens for 11 hours every day. And when you consider how much our day revolves around our devices, that really doesn't seem so crazy. Like, I'm either staring at a phone or a computer or a TV every waking moment of every day of my life at this point. And the fact is, we can't eliminate extensive screen time from our lives, but you can protect your eyes from it with a pair of Felix Grey blue light filtering glasses available in both non-prescription and prescription. The majority of Americans live with tired, dry eyes, blurry vision, or headaches caused by screens, like I just mentioned. I'm all day every day with this shit, fam, for eight years. And at the end of the day... I'm wearing contacts a lot of the time, up in, especially up until I blessed myself with some Felix Grays. At the end of the day, your head hurts. Your eyes fucking hurt. You're, they get dried out. Your vision blurs. It sucks. It sucks to be one of the people who was cursed with shit vision. But you don't have to have tired eyes at the end of the day. It, it doesn't even, Your vision doesn't even have to be bad for this to be a problem. It's just a bigger problem for me because my vision is also bad. 
and my prescription Felix Graves have been huge. Putting them on at the end of the day for the last few hours of the day in most cases is how I tend to like to use them. That's my strategy. And it is a game changer. I'm not kidding. It, it, they filter out 90% of high energy blue light, eliminate 99% of glare. So like if end of the day I feel like playing a video game for a couple hours, I make sure to take my contacts out, put my Felix Graves on, allow my eyes to fucking relax so that I can get good sleep. And uh, Felix Graves are incredible. The frames are handcrafted from the same high quality materials used in the high-end designer frames like organic Italian acetate and German-engineered steel. Their glasses are available in non-prescription, prescription, and readers, as well as adult and kid sizes. Don't go another day looking at screens without the help of some Felix Grays. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC for free shipping and 30 days of risk-free returns or exchanges. That's felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC, F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y, glasses.com slash OCC. Very quickly, we've been talking to y'all a lot about Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles, and uh, as I mentioned and as Barrett mentioned, one of the things that last uh, last night's hotline call extravaganza that the Mollusk Militia received, uh, one of the fun things about it was that it sort of drove us in all of these different directions. We talked about so many different things that we have seen this year, uh, that we have watched this year, and uh, one of those things was the movie It. Chapter 2, and I wanted to include a little teaser here for y'all so you can get kind of an idea of the conversation that went down um, on that Patreon episode, perhaps to get you a little more interested in in, uh, getting some more OCC on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. So here is a little four minutes or so of Barrett and I discussing IT Chapter 2 as the result of one of the hotline calls that we received from the Mollusk Militia. Enjoy. uh, The scene in the funhouse where Pennyhouse kills the little kid in front of Bill. Pennyhouse? Uh, Pennywise? That old, that old Pennyhouse. Old Pennyhouse. Uh, I think it actually happened, but I think you could also argue the opposite because Pennywise could technically have made him see that, right? Yes. Uh, I took this. I, I, di- I do think that that happened. I do too. Yeah. I believe that child was murdered. Yes. That's a dead we actually, child. actually, you know, in our uh, movie club, podcast of that episode Mm -hmm. of that uh, movie we probably didn't talk about that scene enough because it might have been the scariest in the movie i believe it was pennywise smacking his head and over and over and over over over. on that glass and then there's like two pennywise there's like or there's you know there's two main pennywise faces there's like his regular face and then there's like his ultra demon face yes and he they do like a middle one Mm mm-hmm that's real and that, and it is like scary. super, super scary. It's like it's building towards yes. the demon and version of the face. Yes, and it is just horrifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he, yeah, and then, you know, there's a bloodbath. Um, one of the reasons why I think that that is real is because we saw him do the same to the little girl under the stadium bleachers. Yes, and I believe that was and that obviously was real. Definitely. We like watched her crawl out of her seat by her mom yeah. to go down there. Yeah. Um, you know, for whatever reason, oh, I think I was... I was thinking about Pennywise Halloween costumes. Uh, just why? Uh, just because they, you know, it's a super scary clown character that I, you know, if yeah, you wanna, if I'm going to draw a hard line here, Barrett. If you want to hang out on October 31st, <laughs> you're not wearing that fucking. No, costume. no, I, not for me. Not for me. Oh, okay. I, I, I always. That's not. That's not for me. Um, here's your. Here's your in between. Oh God! <laughs> I'm showing dude. Barrett pictures of Pennywise. Oh, dude. Well, so my story is that I was just like started. I started googling around, and I was like, I wonder if any freakos out there have Pennywise tattoos, <coughs> because oh God, yeah. If one of if 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 this movie did anything really really well, the 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 two movies as a whole, 
Bill Skarsgård and Pennywise are objectively horrifying. They are very, very scary. Yes. And like his like his like forehead down, eyes, eyes up. Eyes forehead down, eyes up. Yes. That's uh, the fucking face. Like bro. his face and then all the hi Georgie and all that like is just like just top notch shit. Georgie. And so I figured that people out there definitely had Pennywise tattoos. And you like and, and they do. Popcorn? They do. <laughs> Why don't you come down here to the circus, Georgie? <laughs> Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these uh, th- these tattoos right here. I do Pennywise by myself at night, every night. Um, the voice. Dude, it turns out there are a shit ton of people who have Pennywise yeah, tattoos yeah. in extreme detail. Dude, some, some people even have the Tim Curry one. My, yeah, the old school <laughs> one, which I got to say, you got to feel pretty bad if you got the Tim oh, Curry one and then yeah, you see the you new really, one. You really blew it. The yeah. Skarsgård one is the tat you want. Mm-hmm. This man got it as a chest piece, Barrett. <laughs> And in the and, and there's a he, he liked it too much. Yeah, it being <laughs> the movie, not all of it. Uh, wow, man, yeah, things things, so. things really took a turn here on call number nine. All right, so yeah, that was a, a little segment, a little teaser, a little snippet from our Patreon.com/slash Oysters Clams Cockles from our, our hotline call extravaganza that dropped on there last night for the Mollus Militia. I hope you all enjoyed that little bit. If you want more OCC. Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. And that, Barrett, is just about going to... You know one of the things I wanted to talk about right quick? Two minutes. Give me two minutes. Okay, okay. Denzel Washington movies, top five. Uh, Because this is something that came up recently, and it's something that I want us to start doing. Talking about A-listers, their best work ever. So, like... We'll do Denzel real quick. Maybe next week we do Leo. Maybe maybe uh, Jodie Foster at some point or Jack Nicholson. I don't fucking know. Meryl- Jodie Foster. That's an interesting one to just uh-huh. drop on the list there. What? Or, or Meryl Streep. Uh-huh. I don't know. You've been on uh, you've been on a big Contact watching uh, episode binge or something. Look, I like been- the movie Contact. <laughs> I like Jodie Foster. Contact is great, man. Give me some aliens. Hey, I'm all listen, about alien shit. Jodie Foster crushed some roles as a kid too, man. As a child actor. Uh, but to talk Denzel very quickly, his are easy for me, and I don't think there are any options even outside of this list I'm going to throw at you, Barry. Okay, all right. Here's the list of movies you could even choose your top five Denzel from. Man on Fire, Training Day, American Gangster, Remember the Titans, Glory, Philadelphia, The Hurricane, reach back for a few there, Flight, and Fences being the two more recent ones. I realize there are other Denzel movies that people watch and like, these are the only ones I consider to be eligible for your Denzel top five. And if I'm breaking mine down, honest to God, it takes every fiber of my being not to put Man on Fire as number one. I'm only putting Training Day as number one because it fully deserves it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm biased. Man on Fire is just one of my favorite movies. And it's just such a good revenge film that for whatever reason, I've, it's always been my favorite Denzel movie. But if we're being real and I'm ranking them, it's Training Day, Man on Fire... Remember the Titans, American Gangster, Philadelphia. I, my five. I'm surprised that you don't have like He Got Game and you're like for consideration. I didn't, I don't know if I even, I, I probably watched it when I was a kid, but so long ago that I don't remember. I, I just recently, but for whatever reason, there was like a clip from He Got Game on, on some Instagram account the other day that I saw. Uh-huh. And it's so funny that we're talking about Denzel Washington because after watching the clip, what I kind of thought to myself is Denzel Washington, maybe more than anybody, kind of plays the same dude. 
in uh, pretty yeah oh yeah and I know we t- I know I know not more tr- than anybody trust me I know that actors do this especially like uh, 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 it's rare to find he he okay sorry I'm kind of talking all over the place Denzel Washington especially feels from an era of movie stars that were like this was the era of movie stars that were that were bankable box office hits yeah which doesn't really exist anymore not really you no. can't just throw Brad Pitt in a movie really and it's like an automatic W no d- W yeah. you know like even guys like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and everybody Leo can bomb yeah and so if that era, I think because those guys like Denzel Washington, like because they were so bankable, they just like the studios just wanted them to be themselves in the movies. He's almost like black John Wayne. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, it, yeah. Like John Wayne was never anything but John Wayne. It, it's also it, it. This also happens more with guys that have really distinct voices. And Denzel kind has, of like, has like one of the most kind of recognizable voices ever for I a wish. You had more time. I can't um, even do a Denzel voice because it's so distinct. Yeah, out of your out of your list, obviously, Man on Fire is kind of criminally underrated and an awesome film. Um, I think critics just don't like it because he got so fancy with the sh- the directing shit, with the cinematography shit. Yeah, they like really. It's like and like flashes like forty different times <laughs> back and forth across a yeah. fucking Mexican cityscape, yeah. and you're just like, what the shit. Um, but that movie's great, man. Yeah. Um, American Gangster, obviously, really, really good. Um, give me your list again. Oh, man. Oh, Training Day, obviously, yeah. Training Day, I think, is, is kind of your, your clear... Have that you, has to be number have one. Have you seen Fences? I've not. Okay, no. I still need to watch Fences as well. Have you seen Flight? Nope, not I seen, seen Flight. Flight. Solid, solid. If you're on it, like, well, probably not best. I watched it on an airplane. If you're on an airplane and it's served up, watch it. It's a good. It's a solid film. Oh, uh, did you have Inside Man on your list? I did not have Inside Man. That is a good flip. Definitely one for consideration in yes. everybody's top five. Absolutely yeah. fair. Um, and then if you haven't seen The Hurricane, like if you've never watched The Hurricane, fantastic movie. Yeah. You got to go back and watch that at yeah. some point. And then obviously there's Philadelphia as uh, with with Tom Hanks. Um, and Glory is a random one that I always like for whatever reason I don't attribute. I don't think Denzel Washington when I think Glory. I think Morgan Freeman. Because I think, isn't he also I think in- Common and John Legend because of the song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, is Morgan Freeman in Glory? He might be. Is Gl- is Glory the one from like a couple years? Glory. No, dude, I'm thinking of 1989's Glory, not whatever that. Why did John Legend and and, and Common make that song? For oh, that was for Selma. For Selma, another yes. movie yeah. about similar. You uh, said racial. Glory, and I and but I was Glory. Just thinking... The movie is the Civil War movie that that both Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington were in, and that's why I always think of Morgan Freeman. It's the one about the first all African American regiment, the Fifty Fourth Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry. Another good Denzel movie, but it's an older one for a lot of y'all who are younger. Perhaps you didn't see or whatever. Um, anyway, we got to bounce. That will do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to our sponsors again, as always, for supporting the show. Make sure you support our sponsors to support us. And if for some reason you don't need the greatest products known to man, which are brought to you by the sponsors of this show, or you just want more OCC, you can have both. You can have both the incredible products our sponsors create and more OCC. All you have to do is listen to the show every week and then go to patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles. 
Either sign up for the Crustacean Nation at 5 bucks a month, the Mollusk Militia at 10 bucks a month, and you'll get additional OCC based on the breakdowns and those tiers, which you can see all the information and details on right there on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. And as I mentioned, in September, we did a succession deep dive in-depth conversation was one of our podcast episodes. We did Movie Club around It Chapter 2. We talked about the Righteous Gemstones on a third episode. And then last night, if you're in the Mollusk Militia, you received your hotline call extravaganza for the month of September. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. We're on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. And we're on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. I'm Ross Bolin. And you can follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at WRBolin, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N. And if you've got extra hours in the day to listen to more podcasts, the Ross Bolin Podcast, also presented by Bolin Media, and available in all the same places as OCC, is my personal comedy and humor show, um, where I also dive into things like uh, animals, pirates, serial killers, mental health, addiction, substance abuse, uh, current events, history, pop culture, music, whatever the fuck. Which is just whatever I feel like I'm interested in at that point that is not TV and movie related, I discuss on RBP. Barrett, where can everybody follow you and hear more of your beautiful voice as well? At Barrett Dudley on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow my other podcast, Club Cool Podcast, at Club Cool Pod on Instagram. And uh, go give it a listen wherever you are listening to this podcast. We got a new episode coming out later this evening. And uh, we are going to be talking about uh, several different things. But but our big topic today will be we will be ranking the NFL uniforms based on aesthetics. Whoa, shit. Yeah, that is very difficult. Good yeah. luck to you, sir. <laughs> a lot of very poor options. Out top there. five. We're doing top five and then worst three. Oh, not, thank not, God. not putting like together. No, nobody wants to listen All to me. 32? Just listen to 32 list to 32. And now at number 27, <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> It's no, no, we're just hour podcast. we're breaking down our our top five and our and our bottom three. So, uh, okay, cool. you know, you know, we love football over there, but we also like like uh, like like style. So, like, we just have to we got to combine those two things sometimes. Yeah, go listen to Club Cool. Go listen to RBP. Thank y'all so much for supporting OCC. Uh, it is a lot of fun getting to watch television and movies with y'all and then discuss. We love it. Thank you for the opportunity. We will uh, talk to you next week. Adios, muchachos. Mm-hmm.